What's up, everybody? We have 10 minutes here, and we're joined by Ryan Muckenhern across the table. And actually, it's been a minute. We were just discussing this, but Mr. Paul Neese is also across been the table. Been a little table. while. We so got him. He's been out doing some really awesome hunts. So, Neese. And uh, <laughs> anyway, the topic at hand today, though, and actually, Paul, you've been on, I'm trying to remember, at least one other podcast where we talked about rangefinders. So here you are. Well, again. I'm sure, yeah. Absolutely. You have used many a rangefinder. And so we have our Fury HD 5000 rangefinding binos in front of us. And I think the question comes up from time to time. Well, the 5000 denoting. Denoting yardage and, and essentially how far out these binocular rangefinders can range. And uh, we're talking about, in this case, whenever we list any rangefinder's effective range, it's on you know reflective targets, assuming a relatively calm day, not, you know, right now we have a absolute downpour going on outside, so not something like that, and then also probably supported off of a tripod or something like that. But still the question remains, why would anyone ever need to be able to range to 5,000 yards? Is anybody shooting to 5,000 yards? You know, especially a lot of these are used in hunting situations, so I have yet to see anybody with like a 5,000-yard big bull elk <laughs> kill. That would be... Yeah. Really, I something don't think that's been done. Yet. Very Let controversial. If you've yeah. done it, that would be very controversial. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so so why is this? For the let's throw it to the niece first. Yeah. Well, the first thing that you know I'd throw in is that when you see that five thousand yard number thrown out there, or four thousand, or whatever it might be, that's kind of the industry yardstick for comparing to everyone else's products, and it's and it is like the. It's the maximum distance that that thing is capable of. It represents sort of the outer extremes of what that unit can do. And it's just sort of become, that is the, that is the way things are marketed and sold in, in, the, in the laser rangefinder business. You, you're going by what the big number is. But in reality, that's almost never a number that's used practically in the field. You know, that represents ideal conditions, perfect target, quite likely based on putting it on a tripod. Mm -hmm. So in the real world, you're hardly ever out, you're using it out to those numbers, you know, and you can immediately sort of, when you're thinking of ranging of animals or soft targets, you can pretty much cut that number in half. And that's kind of been the rule of thumb for years and years that, you know, that's whenever you see a, a, a yardage number associated with a rangefinder, if you're going to range animals, it's going to roughly be about half of that. Mm -hmm. But still, in the instance of the Fury here, I mean, that still brings you down to a pretty big number, 2,500 yards, which yeah. is Right. You know, really, nobody's out there trying to shoot animals at that distance. That's that's really not the case. But it is, you know, it's it's in the zone of distances that guys might be doing some steel target shooting, that sort of thing. The other thing that I would mention, too, is is when you see that number, that, that big number thrown out there, that's, it, again, it's kind of that yardstick, and it's kind of telling you what what that rangefinder is capable of, mm -hmm. it, it it means it's going to be it's it's going to be faster. It's going to be able to hit targets that a, a you know a lower powered rangefinder might not be able to hit. You know, it's it still represents a very beneficial thing to an end user. Yeah, you know, you're gonna you're gonna pick up performance even though you may not ever be using performance at five thousand yards. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, it's kind of like a uh, oh boy, here I go with the car reference, oh, but dear. it's kind of like I a thought of that same. Very high, I was gonna say the same thing. Very you know? high horsepower yeah. vehicle traveling at fifty five miles an hour on the highway yeah. is very not very taxed. Whereas then something that's just your very little econo box, you know, little engine, not very high horsepower, you may be wringing its neck to get to 65. So it is a little bit like that. 
But um, I, I know, yeah. like from a practicality standpoint, I haven't been in a hunting scenario where I'm like, man, I wish I could arrange that thing at 5,000 yards. I don't know if I've seen something at 5,000 yards that I was like, <laughs> oh, I need to arrange that. It's not that easy that, to do, you know? actually. <laughs> but on the flip side, just like you said, Paul, I know at the ranges that I'm going to be using that, which could be, you know, that zero to maybe 25, maybe you're planting a stock, mm. maybe you are uh, taking that, uh, maybe you, you've done the work to extend your effective range, and you know that range finder is going to work phenomenally at those ranges. Yeah. Right, right. Is there any element to, to like, let's say, I think you even mentioned it actually, like planting a stock. So an animal may not be within firing distance for your effective range for shooting, but if you range it and you see... It's a thousand yards away versus, you know, because sometimes the way things look, especially in really wide open expanses, your mind can play tricks and your eyes can play tricks on you a little bit. You look at something, you're like, well, that's not that far. And then you range it and it's 1,500 yards away. And whoa. Or, or oh, that's really far away. And then you range it and you're like, it's 500 yards yep. away. We've I've seen both mm-hmm. things happen. Does right, that help right. as well? Is there an aspect a- of that? Absolutely it does. Yeah, you know, and it's funny. You know, what's happened here, too, just for a little bit of history, is is rangefinders in just the last couple of years, they're in kind of a, a technology arms race right now. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, rangefinders have kind of puttered along for years and years and they're getting a little better, a little better. And really in about the last two, three years now, that curve has gone straight up and the ranging ability is increasing tremendously in the last couple of years. So one of the things in the past with a, you know, a typical handheld laser rangefinder that a guy's using it usually didn't get out far enough for trying to plan routes or plan distances or that sort of thing. It just really didn't come up. I mean, they didn't go out that far where that was really a, a reasonable thing. And now what's happened, just like you were mentioning, Jimmy, with these, is all of a sudden now you can range out two, 3,000 yards and now, you know, seriously contemplating distances or routes across a canyon or around a ridge or something like that. All of a sudden it's, it's kind of a new benefit that you can do with these things mm-hmm. that in the past you really – didn't mm-hmm. have much option to do. So, yeah, I would definitely say it does. A lot of times that becomes my primary function, even more so than ranging my target. I find myself using that quite a bit more. Just ranging stuff? Yep. Just to see just what your route will route be. planning and, and looking at yep. stocks and try to estimate how much time I have to give myself to get from A to B mm-hmm. or B to C in the case of a 5,000-yard range finder. You know, keep going yeah. out. Mm-hmm. So now when you're using right. something, too, then like a binocular range finder, that makes it easier because you can be in the process of both glassing and doing that route selection and, and ranging at the same time, which is nice. Because, right, right. like, a monocular-style rangefinder, you can kind of glass with it, but after a while, it's kind of fatiguing. Your arm gets tired. Your one eye that you're closing gets tired. You're exactly. not seeing as big of a field exactly. of view as you'd like. Mm-hmm. And it's more yeah. just for your quicker references yeah. and ranges. Right. But. And, the, you know, the, the bino part of it, that's that's also played in the where you've seen these huge lumps, in, in increases in ranging distances. Because of binocular, you have a much larger lens here mm-hmm. that's going to receive back that laser signal. And it's able to, you know, pick those up at far longer distances than, than the typical small handheld little unit would do. So that's that's part of where that increase in ability yeah. has come from. Yeah. 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 Here's a question for you guys. Now, we can all speculate a little bit because we don't have Rob or the other engineers in the room right now. Now, I know actually pretty much all of us have been involved in the in the product development process at some point or another, but ultimately we're not the ones on CAD and, you know, all that stuff. Where do you guys see rangefinders continuing to go? Because what what I've wondered is are we going to start seeing, you know, 7,000 
capable range finders, and then 10,000. And then is it like, eventually people are going to be like, oh, it's the Fury HD 20,000. It's like, well, when have I ever seen 20,000? Like, literally, the Earth is already curved off by that point. I mean, what... I, I speculate, and this is, uh, this is I uh, shouldn't say new, it's coming to the commercial market more than, uh, or more recently anyways, but instead of like a line of sight or even a, a compensated distance factored, also giving you three-dimensional. So mm. like if, if we were to range across a canyon, you could, you know, pick a spot from A to B that's line of sight. But I- eventually I wonder if it's in the viewable part of the rangefinder, if that rangefinder is going to be able to look at terrain and figure out how much you'd actually have to walk to get Ryan, there. Ryan, are you talking about bending lasers? Yeah, correct. Oh, um, <laughs> now what I, I could see... And about folding well, space and time yeah. as well. Super yeah. simple. Right. I just a, thought of an idea, and I'm not actually sure I should say it publicly right now because maybe it's a really good idea. We don't want to give it up. <laughs> oh, I think we uh, if we say trademark verbally on here, it's just good. patent. Pending. Yeah, patent. That's right. That's what it is. Patent pending. I'm still going to hold off. Okay. Probably a good idea. But also having the ability I to... Should, I should be in NPD. <laughs> yes. Big idea guy. <laughs> Big idea guy. <laughs> but uh, the ability to also uh, map environmentals. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, integrations with, with different, whether it's ballistic software or weather software or things like that, to, to come up with a spectacularly advanced solution for everything. Yeah. If you could look at it and you could see it, you could do it. Right. You know, along the lines of that, I think you'll probably see at some point integration with GPS systems, Mm. which, which might very well lead to something like you were talking about or that ability to map terrain and follow it. So, yeah. Guys, cool it with the idea giving away. Okay. (laughs) I do think that even like what you alluded to though earlier, Mark, when you're talking about even just the improved performance at at shorter distances though, and the speed, Mm -hmm. um, one of the things too that we, I guess we didn't even mention, but like you even see within, not in this fury in front of us, but with the razor range finders, different ranging modes as well. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty neat. Like the first time somebody explained to me how like first and last mode worked and just explaining how lasers propagate downrange and beam divergence and the fact that you can be getting multiple different um, you know, point sources back from the laser mm-hmm. bouncing back to the eye of the, of the rangefinder was fascinating. You know, and, and having it be able to have a big enough brain to sift out the different things it's getting and give you back a very specific, that's really it's pretty sweet. So then you're right. even, in that case, you're working within a usable range. You, you know, that, that's a 4,000-yard capable rangefinder, but then some of the stuff that it's doing within its maximum capable range is, is beginning to yeah. bolster up and increase. Optics and rangefinders have gotten a lot better. Oh, they yeah. have, and yeah. certainly even the you know the addition of binocular rangefinders. Yeah. A couple of years ago, that was not a that was not a product that was out there. So, right. Yeah, it's you know it's definitely improved a lot. Sweet. Well, hey, we did pretty good on that one, Mark. It's like eleven minutes. We're just is any did we miss anything? Well, I know usually you'd think we would be, but actually, can you believe we used to record these really in ten minutes? <laughs> No. It seems pretty short. Yeah. yeah. Let us yeah. know. Let us know what you guys think of rangefinders. Throw out some of your craziest ideas that sometimes you uh, think about while you're eating your wheaties in the morning, and uh, yeah, or or what else you use your rangefinder for? We talked about it. Route selecting, obviously, ranging targets for shooting and things like that. But if there's any other cool uses you use yours for, yeah. Well, all right. We'll see you in the next one. All right. Bye. Next time. Bye. See you.